podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the last episode of the Nina Kauser Show ever, ever. This is my last official one. I'm hanging up the mic. Um, Fuck off, are you? It's it's a car pod, as you can tell. Um, Myself, Gags, and we have a really, really special guest with us today. It's the first time ever that we have an opposition fan in the car, on the pod even, but in the car, um... You all know him. You've heard him many times on the Nina Kauser show, on Euro Incision as well. Of course, we're playing Brighton. Who could it be? Of course, it's Jonathan Harding. John, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, what a day. What a day. What a day. And you know what? Let's just paint a picture of reality. We are cooking chickens in Gag's car. I know. We are... I'm, I'm, I'm boiling. I had no idea that these mics were going to be so sensitive to the car drive when driving the car. So we can't even do it on the walk, on the drive and the walk, on the drive. So yeah, unfortunately, we have to stop and switch the engine off and cook for 30 minutes or so. Could we could have done it on Skype. I know, yeah. we could have just done it on Skype afterwards later oh, on. It's, it's got a unique feel. It is. It's, it's actually pretty damn good. Um, yeah. Nin, what a day. It's been awesome. But you know what? We've done this many times. I think... 4-0, awesome stuff. Liverpool needed a, a draw. Can't believe we were begging for a point, but here we are, 4-0 up, uh, three points. Champions League football again. First time back-to-back under FSG. It's awesome stuff. Delighted and, of course, absolutely delighted for Brighton as well. I'm, I'm glad because the last thing you want is for them to fight for something on the last day. So, you know, it's been pretty awesome. But you know what, John? I'm going to come to you first and I want to get your your match day experience of coming to Anfield, watching Brighton, Brighton playing Liverpool, the team that are in um, a Champions League final, and you guys staying up. I mean, you've scalped some big teams this season, you know? It's been an amazing season. I think Mm. it's easy to lose perspective of that on a day like today where we were beaten, very comfortably beaten, um, by a side that, you know, as our manager said after the game, are the standard. You know, and we fell really far short of that. But actually, if you look at the season as a whole, we didn't fall short. And I think that's the thing. We set ourselves the expectation uh, of trying to survive. I think a lot of people wrote us off, wrote Huddersfield Town off. And yet here we are coming into this game, not even needing a result because of how we've played in all of the games beforehand. I mean, it's an amazing feeling for, for Brighton fans everywhere. And it was so... It was quite moving for me today to watch, you know, the thousands of Brighton fans that we had come up to Liverpool to be at Anfield and to cheer the team on the way that they did. It, it just means so much to everybody at the club and it's really it's really amazing to be a part of that. Absolutely. I mean, Gags, it's so funny because we've had this plan for some time. You know, yeah. we knew we were going to watch Brighton with John and we were kind of watching their results like a hawk. We were, we were. We wanted to make sure that today it was an easy day and it wasn't a... A day where John's waiting for a result and we're waiting for a result. I mean, uh, but life comes at you fast, right? Because we had to come here and get. We a thought yeah. we would be fine. 
And like it wouldn't matter then if we were fine and we were already in the Champions League, then John's side would can get the result and it's fine, you know. But it was the other way around. They had already got their results, <laughs> and we were the one that needed a point. And I didn't think it was ever in doubt that we were gonna that we weren't gonna win. You know, at the end of the day, we were like, if you look at how strong we were in the end, we shouldn't have doubted. You know, nobody should have doubted them really. There were a lot of people worried on online and stuff, but they proved to us that all they needed was that that rest, that one week rest, and they were really back at. That really good attacking football again, and beaten all season at, at home. home. It's 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 really good. It's I think it's not happened for a long time as well. That for us. So, um, yeah, it was a it was a really nice end to the season for Liverpool after uh, what has been actually uh, topsy turvy at times. But over overall, the season's still not over. So for us, that's. Uh, that's a new ground. It's, That's a new it's ground. Rare, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we had it two My years ago. My season's over at Fair, but I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, normally it's like uh, <laughs> it's over early, but we've been lucky. Last two years, we've had something to play for. Last year, yeah. it finished at this time. It did. But uh, two years ago, we were in a final. This year, in a final. Let's hope this year's is uh, better than the two years ago. So, um, but if we talk about the day as a whole, it was nice to spend it with you two. It was uh, really, really good chatting to you two through the game. It was nice to have an opposition fan next to you as well. That, it was the first for me, that. Yeah, so it was quite funny, you know, sitting together and, and John being warned by people not to celebrate if they scored. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, but... I think it was a strange one, you know. Um, I think sometimes football fans can be so excited that they sometimes lose perspective. We were in hospitality to you guys, so we weren't in the main standing normal, so we were in this hospitality area where... To be honest, there were so many fans that weren't Liverpool fans today. Uh, we People that were on our table in hospitality actually said to us there were Spurs, Bournemouth and another Liverpool fan from Columbia. So there are loads of people in hospitality that actually weren't, you know, diehard Reds like me, myself and yourself, Nin. Mm. So I think it's quite a normal thing to happen in, in hospitality. hospitality. Of course it so, is. So I didn't, you know, so John with us, we wanted to make sure John had a good time and so we went into hospitality. John, actually, sorry taking over. How was your experience? Yeah, I've never done hospitality at a game before, so it was really nice. And I think the way that they they look after you was was really it was wonderful. The the care given, and they they obviously look out for what your what your eating requirements are, and that's slightly different in my case. Um, because what are you doing? Because I'm a vegan, yeah. uh, and uh, you know that's not always the easiest thing to accommodate. Um, but I think they did a, a fantastic job of that. I had uh, a, a really nice set of meals and just the the attentiveness of of the people working and the staff in there. Um, I think if you if you're a Liverpool fan that is looking to enjoy football in a different way in the stadium, they offer that in a in a fantastic form. And and the seats we had were were brilliant. Um, and the weather even played a part. So yeah, it was a an amazing day. And I can only thank you both so much. Our pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, a massive thank you to um, the chemistry lounge as well for sorting things out as well. You know, yeah, I they think were that, yeah. unbelievable in terms of sorting out, you know, John's requirements. He's a vegan, so just, you know. Don't give him abuse, okay? He's one of them nice ones that doesn't push it down your throat. No, no, he, he didn't say anything. And yeah. at, the, at the end of no, the I'm telling, I'm telling the, I'm telling the listeners that he's not, you know, yeah, don't yeah, judge. Yeah. But it was nice that they came up to him at half time, asked him what he wanted, you know, that his, 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 his snack will be there and all that. And, I just I didn't expect that, and I thought, wow, well done, Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're going above and beyond. So that this part of the club makes twelve million pounds, you know, or something like that extra a year. It's nuts. It you is. Know? So right, enough. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Cool. <laughs>
I'm such a bitch. Right, we all know that. I'm so sorry. Right, enough of that. We want to talk about the game, right? Speak to me. Some strange things happened today. Okay, Mo Salah broke a fucking record, right? We knew it was going to happen. He yeah, did it. That wasn't strange. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was. But the stranger things happened later. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought before that, the strangest thing was the way we were, before we scored, we were trying to line up Mo or we were just taking we the wrong decisions. It. Like, that was really frustrating at the time at nil-nil. Mm. I thought they were, I think we were in twice one-on-one. One, Marnie was at a weaker angle where he could have slid in Bobby for a tap-in. Mm. The next one, Marnie should have just scored instead of trying to square it to yeah. Mo, uh, uh, Salah. And we were just like, what are you boys doing? I think maybe one was at one-nil. But it was just like he scored, mm. or oh, the one before, just tap it in. Next week, at, when we play, or the week after when we play Madrid, the person who's in the best position needs to score. Whoever's in that position needs to make the right decision without doubt at that point to ensure that that ball ends up in the net because this may happen in that game too. They can defend high. If we catch them on the break, they, they, this cannot happen again. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. No, okay. So what I noticed was, John, so, um, I don't know if you're, obviously you won't be aware of this, but Mo Salah hasn't scored in two games, like back to back or mm. three. And he got, and I thought he was kind of man marked against, I thought, uh, Brighton did a fabulous job of defending, certainly in the first half before we, we brought, before we scored. Mm. And I thought you did a fabulous job of like trying to man mark him. But as soon as he got his goal, I felt like he was a different beast altogether. It yeah, just changed his confidence. It certainly felt like once he had got on the score sheet, he was able to play more freely because then he didn't have the pressure of having to score that mm. goal to break the record. Mm. I, w- I was really proud. I mean, of uh, the way that Lewis Duncan in particular, he's yeah. obviously got a great reputation amongst Liverpool fans for scoring own goals. So I was, <laughs> it's close. It was, it was close. There was one moment where I thought, please, Lewis, don't do it again. Um, but I was proud of the, the fact that in... In this kind of game where it's easy to get battered, and we did, you know, let's make no bones about it, that there were times where he was still throwing himself in front of shots and blocking efforts and still giving absolutely everything. And it was it was good to see. We could have given up in a different kind of, you know, setting or a different kind of mood. We could have given up and it could have been six. could have been heavy like it was in the first game. But, mm. yeah, we, we had... We had Salah in in relatively you know comfortable positions from a defender's mm-hmm. perspective to begin with, but it's it's difficult to play against a player like that. He's just so fantastic. I thought they were I thought they were so good during that like that first half. Like mm-hmm. I moaned about the the decisions at the end, but to get in those positions, we played so well. It was a new system as well with Solanke playing just behind. Sorry, Firmino playing just behind Solanke. And it was devastating at times. Solanke actually had a very, very good game, I thought. Mm-hmm. And linking up and finding players that were making runs. He was making the right choices. There was not once where I looked at Solanke and went, what the hell are you doing uh, today? So I thought that was really strong first half. And we were cutting Brighton open. And I think me and John talked about it. Some of those balls uh, across field in behind your, your, your full-backs. Van Dijk's passing is really next level. And um, it's it's really... As a defender, you're always looking to make those passes at the right time. It's really difficult to judge. Obviously, a lot of the time, you're you're literally just circulating possession around the back four or occasionally playing into your holding midfield. And, and we talked about it during the game, Gags. So I get really frustrated with Jordan Henderson, who tries to take that position away. And as a defender, there's nothing more frustrating than a midfielder dropping so deep that he stood five yards away from you. Yeah. Really, in that situation, Van Dijk or Lovren can be that player. And, and then Henderson can be further forward and provide another outlet. But the way that Van Dyke has the ability to pass the ball, there was one in the first half. 
that was oh, just that it one. was almost it was only 10 5 yards off the ground it was so yeah. low but it basically took like six players out of the game quite straight across packing stats unbelievable packing stats yeah absolutely it was just unbelievable and i think liverpool haven't had a player like that in a very long mm. time to have someone distribute like that and that was the key i think first half they had to be some of the passes that were trying to get in trent or robertson but to begin with, we were we were relatively well set up, right? And so we, we were doing a decent job of at least holding you at bay. But then with those once those passes start coming into play and you uh, you open up a team and then Salah gets space to run. I mean, and even in the second half when the game was pretty much already over in terms of the result, he the way that he was combining with Firmino and, and Salanke, absolutely, it was just devastating. Just devastating. Yeah, we'll get to the goal scorers in, in a, in a hot mm. minute. Um, uh, you know, John made some really good points about Jordan Henderson, but a midfielder for me that really came through today was... Um, Wanyaldum. Yeah. You know, really, really impressive, I thought, today. I thought he had a really good game. I feel like he's stepping up. You see what he's doing. He doesn't go missing. He's, you can't call him a ghost. Mm-mm. And, you know, with a massive, massive game. I mean, you know, I think, guys, I think you'll agree, John made some really, really good points about Jordan Henson there, about trying to do... It's been a big problem. And if you're a subscriber of AI Pro, you know I love how to drop drop these AI Pro. Mm. Um, um, you know, on the free side, you know I like to drop uh, plugs for AI Pro. But if you're on AI Pro, there's been loads of people talking about this. Like, you know, uh, Dave will talk about it. And I think the under-pressure boys, Dan Kennett and Cy But Brundish, you think about the opposition it. of like Real Madrid. They're going to eat him for breakfast, right? He does shit like that. No, no, it's not eating. It's just wasting. Po- yeah. It's just a position wasted. It's yeah. space wasted. It's a opposition player with no one to mark. That's the, you know, that, that they have another Which player Which means free. they've got an extra free player right to go and mark yeah, someone else exactly. and, and close another gap whereas if Henderson's in there he takes someone out he can actually go and double up on one of the wings if he wants mm. and you know create something it, it, there's so many options that he could do make a run from deep himself mm. instead but having two players just tap it to each other there now you're talking about Ginny Ginny drived well picked the ball up well pressed well won the, won the ball back well mm. but I still think Ginny was passive still passive you know at times, one or two times he did make excellent runs in behind Brighton's defence, but we didn't find him. I think one shot he had that was close, where he should have done better with the finish, so he got into the box. So Ginny was trying to do that, but his passing is still passive for me, not progressive. So John was talking about how Cater would be different in terms of driving at teams. Mm. Ginny was still turning sideways yeah, or backwards. I think that's the problem as a midfielder. There was one occasion, I remember, when Adam getting the ball, running forward 60 yards... And then, and then turning and passing it, yeah. it to the left or, or back. Actually, what you're doing there is more detrimental than you think. Yeah, you're gaining territory by going 60 yards in, in the positive direction, in the right mm. direction. But actually, you're removing yourself from the framework. You're breaking the machine yeah. if you then just pass the ball back or sideways. And, and think, the pass was on earlier, wasn't it, yeah, in that break absolutely. to Bobby? And there's <laughs> too many times the pass is on earlier as you should go. Taking that extra touch as a centre-back or as a centre-midfielder, that's another thing that Henderson does that's frustrating. When he does get the ball in that situation, he takes that extra touch and then looks to the right, looks back in the middle and then goes back to the right. And actually, you know, that's two or three seconds. And that might not sound like a lot, but if he takes one touch and passes or if he passes straight away to the right back, you've saved yourself three seconds. And in three seconds, the opposition defender can either be tight marking or not close to you, five yards away. And that's all you need. So that's certainly something to watch out for in a couple of weeks. Absolutely, and I just want listeners to know that we're not bitching oh, at no, being no. funny. We're just raising concerns because we're playing Real Madrid. Real Madrid. And the, tra- it's the importance in transition always with, mm. with Brighton, the Definitely. way Brighton were, were not, whenever we broke, like that Ginny, the Ginny break, Brighton were in position. Exactly. So if Firmino got that ball, he was pretty much running at 
Brighton's defence with maybe yeah. Mane and Mo running in behind yeah. or at least level with their defence. Mm-hmm. That is dangerous. That is where we're the best. But as soon as Ginny went on another 20 yards, Brighton's defenders were all back into a four with two in front of them yeah. and that was it. Yeah. And it, it almost doesn't matter who you're playing at that point. Yeah. It could be Brighton or it could be Real Madrid. Mm. If Real Madrid are just going to be as just as exposed if you get yourselves in, into those situations before the defence or the midfield can set up. But luckily, it didn't cost us in this game. In that game, it might. But in this game, luckily, we had someone like Mo. You know what? I don't even remember Mo's goal now. What was Mo's goals? Goal? It was. I think it was a ball in the box that he then sort of poked home in the bottom corner. Oh, yes, corner. in the bottom right corner. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, frustrating. Sorry. I mean, you could have had <laughs> it. Frustrating for him. We were, we were loving it. You could, yes. have had, you could have had a bit more, to be honest. I mean... You, know, you should have had at least two penalties in the first half. Oh my god! I'm the willing, I'm willing to admit that because um, I'm it's a, just a standard. Player player. Yeah, it's just fair. It's fair. You know, we play the game so that it can be fairly uh, refereed, but also so that it can be fairly celebrated. You know, and uh, it was as a Brighton fan, it, there were two penalties at least in that first half. Absolutely, a whole season gone at Anfield uh, in the Premier League without a penalty. Without penalty, can't believe that, especially on today's evidence. Yeah, exactly. You, you saw that. It was really, yeah. really quite strange that mm. one of those wasn't given at least. Mm. Then the third one was a high boot, but I'm not sure if it was. We we'll have to see the replay. But you can give that one as well. I mean, yeah. there were a lot of decisions. I mean, even after the penalty, there was a foul on Wijnaldum that led oh, to a corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that should have been a yellow card. Mm. You know, mm. he's pulling on his shirt. He's got his arms around him. Crazy. I agree. I mean. Let's carry on like speaking about the goals. Then some weird shit happened. Dejan yeah. Lovren. Oh, wow. Lovely head rifle. Yeah. Don't get me started on Dejan Lovren. <laughs> Liverpool fancy. Had a decent game today, so I fickle. thought. Yeah, um, but he's uh, had a lot of decent games. You know, against mm. City, I thought he was all right. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, I know he makes a lot of mistakes. And I know that in that position, you're going to be in the headlines or you're going to be guilty of making really costly mistakes yeah. in that position. You know, yeah, not very often... Is it that a right winger makes a mistake and people say, oh, that right winger but made that mistake. But can we Look at what happened today from Brighton's perspective. I think it was Sully March's decision on the left. He goes forward. His decision to shoot when Brighton rarely had the ball yeah. in the final third yeah. cost us because what happened from the yeah, shot? Liverpool broke forward and Solanke scored. Yeah. Was like, that all comes from your decision to shoot in, in that yeah. situation. Great so actually, it, there are moments where attacking players make mistakes that lead to goals. But it's just that when defenders do it, it's more obvious. It's more. It's easier to say. It's more costly. But again, because because there's there's less that can happen yeah, in between. But absolutely. After a striker drops, yeah. makes a mistake. You've got so much you that can so happen in between. Can, absolutely. You know, so, so it's okay. But when it's a defender, it's, it's mistake. Bang, bang, goal. And that's why it's such a difficult position to play. Um, but no, it's good to see Lovren scoring today. I think this does his confidence a, a world of good. And let's be honest, if he's going to be the starting centre back with Virgil van Dijk in the Champions League final in two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. That yeah. man needs to be in the yeah. right place mentally. Yeah, I'm, I'm tipping van Dijk to score in the final, by the way, because he's not yeah. scored since his debut. Yeah. So it'll be fitting to score in his last game of the he, season. He is really impressive to watch live. Come on, talk about him. I, I think he's beautiful, isn't he? He's he's a, he's a absolute monster of a man as well. But I think there's a certain authority to him mm-hmm. when he plays. You know, he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy that's pointing and shouting, but he really does feel like a leader in that team already and he just visually just looking People at the way he plays call him a quarterback and I know you're big in American yeah. football do you yeah I mean look at the way that he passes yeah. it's almost it's a bit like Boateng was at uh, Bayern a few seasons ago when he wasn't getting injured and his passing range was like that you know he can literally start something from 15 yards out of his own box and that's amazing for a side like Liverpool who are all about that front three combining with the with the man 
in midfield, if you then have the option of also saying, hey, look at our central defender, he can play 80-yard balls. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. Totally agree with him. And you know what? Can I say something as well? He's been the difference as well in terms of... Course of course he is. Yeah. Course what he is. a buy. Yeah, what a buy. I mean, buying, getting him in January after, you know, missing out in, in, in the summer... How much been... did he cost? Uh, you know, seventy-five million. Yeah, yeah, seventy-five million. I still think it's a lot of money, and I still. But do you think it's justified in today's? Ah, uh, it's difficult. I mean, yeah, in today's, uh, this is a whole other pod in itself. I, I but like, I don't think the fee matters anymore. Yeah, yeah centre backs in uh, there aren't very many talented central defenders. Uh, that's one of the issues. Mm-hmm. So the price is already going to go up if you show yeah, basic okay. levels mm-hmm. um, above other players. It's also why John Stones was worth so much money because he showed certain levels. Uh, that were slightly better than other people, but that doesn't make him an exceptional centre back. You know, two mm. years under, three years under Pep Guardiola, he's certainly much better than he was before. Mm. But look at look at Van Dijk at seventy five million. Was he worth it at the time? You know, that, that's a whole other conversation about whether he's worth it. But Liverpool recognised the weakness, found the most suitable player for that weakness, and now look at the difference that that's made in terms of leadership, in terms of quality, in terms of execution. Goalkeeper confidence as well. He just Carriers. brings a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's another thing. You know, you need to have a great understanding with your backline. I mean, Carriers had a couple of moments today where I thought maybe he could have been could have been better. And I noticed that Klopp went a bit bit berserk at one of the crosses late on that we one of our rare attacking opportunities um, mm. <laughs> that he he could have done better with. And I think Klopp was a little upset with that. Yeah, did, by the, his reaction, the defense but, didn't have much to do, did they today? So that's one thing yeah. that we have to state. You know. Uh, we can we can talk about how well they did and stuff, but really sometimes they just stood in a place at one point. We we noticed yeah. that they were mm. just chewing. It wasn't the best test for yeah. Real Madrid in that respect, no, but it, it was for your attackers because yeah. you certainly needed to get the confidence up. We did, and, and and it worked, and I think it's a good time to talk about a player that mm. you were really impressed with. Before we speak about the other goal scorers, um, before we speak about Dan mm. Solanke, I thought you were, I thought Sadio Mane. Oh yeah, just winning he's the been, ball he's back, been quite consistent running at them, you know, flicking the ball or keeping the ball, everything, and trying to create all the time, trying to go round the down, round the side of a defender, you know, uh, round them and go, driving into the box. He was he was unreal. He was really unreal. He he's been informed towards the end of the season more than anybody. So I'm so glad that he was fit. He got 60, 70 minutes, and uh, he's going to be ready now for for Madrid. Absolutely. Any any words on Mane? No, I, I can only echo what Greg said. Yeah, he's quick. He's awesome. And one thing I will say is that when we play Real Madrid, if he needs to shoot, just fucking shoot. Yeah. <laughs> he did on one, yeah. but on the other one. And then you all got mad at him, and then yeah. he decided to be selfless, and then you went mad at him again. The man can't win. He guys. made two bad decisions, and then that's all. The first one he should have squared when it was the yeah. angle was for Bobby. The second yeah. one is a tapping for him, and he's trying to get. Salan, it's 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 really simple stuff at the end of the day. Football in those positions should be kept simple. Absolutely simple. When you when there's two against one, mm. always you should score. Yeah. Always. But but the second one, it was one against one and it was a tap into the left. The keeper was look, it was towards Salah, he was kind of guessing that he was gonna pass to him. You know? Yeah, I agree. Okay, we'll move on to Solanke. I know you wanna I know you wanna I know you wanna speak about Solanke. Yeah. Um. He last. I thought last week against Chelsea, he got a lot of stick. Yeah. I I tried defending him. I got a lot of. I got some stick from listeners mm. saying that he's twenty years old or twenty one or whatever. No, you blah, can't blah, blah. judge Solanke until he's played ten games in a row with ninety minutes. He's not going to get that at Liverpool. That's the truth. Okay. 
So he probably does need to go somewhere else to get into a team. But how was Messi for him to fucking score a Premier League goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that debate's one for another pod. Okay, we can do that this summer and we could talk about it. But but um, I think today he showed his qualities. I think he linked up really well with them, played up top with somebody right behind him with the support. So if he dropped, Bobby went in front, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They all interchange as well with Mane and Salah. They all swap places. He was comfortable in it, and then his goal was a spectacular finish. I heard some few people say that he nearly missed, but he didn't. He scored. So it was just a great finish from where he was, and he needed that. And you know what? For next two weeks' time, that's big because he will be in cloud nine now. I've got my first senior Liverpool goal. If he comes off the bench, now he's a different proposition. Now there's confidence in the boy. And as a young kid, if you've got confidence... You can do anything, man. You can't man. call him a young kid, Dad, he's 20 or 21 No, years 21 the kid. I don't care. I know. People just, you know. When you get to my age, I'm telling you, everyone's 18. Yeah, you look <laughs> like a kid. You're not a kid, but you look like and yeah. sound like one. But Solanke is a kid. I don't care what you say. He's still a kid. And that will do him no harm at all, you know? Uh, do I think he has a future at Liverpool? No, I don't. I'll be honest with you. Because he just won't good, get the game yeah. time. He just won't get it. He's a mm-hmm. good player. He just won't get the game time. So I think... He probably has to go on loan to play a full season and then he can come into the squad if he scores 10, 15 goals somewhere, come back and then he'll be like, right, now you can rotate me. Now you can rotate me. But right now, Klopp won't. Agreed. I'm going to come to John. John, your thoughts on Solanke because I I know we've spoke about him and you've been really impressed with him. Yeah, I like him a lot and I I agree with Gags about him him going on loan and needing that experience. I'd take him. I'd take him at Brighton. We need a striker. Yeah, I was thinking Um, that. I mean, I expect Lemo to go, and we don't have. We've got Jurgen Lukaku, who is exposed. You know, he's supposed to be the next best thing um, coming from from the Dutch division, but he's going to take time to adjust. I quite like how physical he is uh, as a striker. But I mean, even looking at his interplay today, you know, as Gag said, it was really, really impressive. Um, I'd certainly take him. I think we'd give him a lot of game time. I think he'd play well with Pascal Gross who's basically our key playmaker and, and Anthony Cocker out wide. I think he's got the I think he's going to have a number of options of clubs of where he could go and the and the game time that he could could get. I think he needs to make sure that he sticks to a, a level though. I think he could get somewhere in the Premier League. I don't mm. necessarily think he needs to drop to the Champions League. No, 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 no. We want, him, we want him at the Premier I League I think shown, as well. He's shown that he can do that. But yeah. I, I I think he has really got the option to be a part of Liverpool's team in the future because you need a backup striker. You do. But you need a striker that's not going to moan about being a backup striker. Mm. And you need him to be okay with being the guy that plays 10, 12 games a season and comes on for the, the, the last game of the season against Brighton and, and scores. I think he is still the perfect person and the perfect player for that role. Because if he goes away, say he comes on loan to us and scores 15, 20 goals and then suddenly thinks, hey, I'm good enough to start for a Premier mm. League team. Why do I need to go back to Liverpool and be a sub? You're in danger of losing him then as a sort of backup option. Yeah, he can come in and be rotation, but is he going to want to do that if he knows he's good or better than that? So, I don't know. I think he can play a role already now. I think he's playing that role now. I think he, he can keep growing. Mm. The better that he gets, the more Klopp's going to play him. And then he, he's still happy about being that, that backup option. And one day, if he's too good for it, then he moves on permanently. But you well, can't have your cake and eat it. <laughs> absolutely. Well, John, you're here. Um, speaking of Liverpool loan strikers, oh, backup strikers, yeah, or backup strikers. <laughs> talk to me about Origi. How's what's the situation there? How's he been doing? Well, he scored. I think he scored two on the final day. One was a tap in, right? Uh, yeah, one was a tap in, but um, still a fucking goal. All right, you count them. Yeah, of course. 
I think on the whole, uh, he's been all right, um, but I don't think he's, you know, made any massive headlines. He scored okay. scored a few goals, shown some tidy moments, but he's also had some disappointing moments in terms of his performance. Okay. Could have been better in some games. Uh, there was a certain amount of hype uh, about his move, mm-hmm. certain level of expectation. He certainly expects to play at the top level with the with the best teams. He's not doing that with Wolfsburg because I think he recognises he needs to gain a bit more experience. But I think some of the shine that was appearing when he broke into the Belgium team um, and when he was playing well at Liverpool, that shine, some of that shine's definitely worn off, unfortunately. Um, he has had some injury trouble, but also just his general form has, has been a bit of a drop. I don't think he's returning to Liverpool as an improved player. Interesting. I Sadly, mean, for you yeah. Guys. See, next next year, if Jürgen does keep him because we need a squad, he's going to have to be happy with being rotated. Because mm-hmm. see, I'd know. already say that Solanke is is twice the player that Origi is. Wow. I know, that Origi, I know that Origi is a Belgian international. Mm. Yeah. But from what I've seen of him this season and what I've seen of Solanke, it will be the Solanke sample size much smaller. Yeah. yeah. I would much rather have Solanke in my team. That's a shout. It is a shout. Because uh, for me, when I, what I've seen of Solanke at Liverpool... And when he had that run where he scored like seven or eight goals games in a row, yep. I thought, well, we could have done with that this season because mm-hmm. someone who knows where the goal is, um, can score, proven it for us, that has, you know, can get eight to ten goals maybe in a year. That's what we probably needed as a rotation option. So, John's, wow, that's, yeah, a, shout. that's a shout. I'm surprised. Yeah. Maybe you don't need to loan, uh, Solanke after all. Maybe yeah. you just need to sell Origi and then move on from there. I'm not <laughs> trying to not trying to tell you. you no, know, no, it's a shout. It's maybe Origi comes back shout. and it's better, but I just think right now Well you've watched you've watched more of Origi than I have this yeah, year. And mate. the thing is, Solanke has just spent the last year getting to know and play really well with those front three. Yeah. And that yeah. understanding is not to be taken for granted. No, and today was good. I wonder, I do wonder where Milner was today, but maybe he just needed a rest. Yeah, I think he needed a rest. A lot I'm, of football. I'm not, I'm not taking in anything into that. Gads, I'm going to speak to you. Um, we're going to speak about Roberto Firmino now, quick mm. time, because we, we can't speak about the front three or four without mentioning Roberto Firmino. No. He is like the heartbeat of that. He so, showed yeah. some so silky skills today at times. It was a, it was like the end of the season, you know, showcase from him at times. <laughs> and he did some beautiful things, but he should have scored as well. You know, he had a tapping on that Mane didn't give to him and then he blazed one over from inside the box and uh, I was screaming, I'm, I just want them to score a shitload of goals today. So I should have been happy and I'm one of these greedy fans. But you know what? It's, um, he was great. He was good. The front three were, were on it again as usual and uh, so was Solanke, the front four. So um, I was I was pleased with Bobby and I think a season on a whole is a super, super success. His best season ever. Um, we will do a full podcast reviewing uh, the, the season. Nina will do one, hopefully, uh, soon, this week. Um, I've, I've already penned that in. So, yeah, her talking about being a last one, she can get lost. So, uh, yeah, she doesn't get away that easy. I refuse. <laughs> I'm fasting. Sorry, I'm off now. Uh, John, um, I know you're a huge Roberto Firmino fan, and I know I how much it hurts that you know he no longer represents the Bundesliga. It's like seeing a kid grow up. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, it doesn't hurt so much. It's kind of like when you, as you say, you it's like him. seeing a kid. Mm. Uh, we miss him. Yeah, yeah I mean, all the time we miss a quality player like that. But I mean, it's like when your kid grows up and makes you proud. <laughs> oh. uh, I think that's the the way to look at it. It's certainly for people that have watched him and written about him in Germany for a really long time. But I've told you this before. I think he's the most improved player to come out of out of Germany, other than uh, Son. Yeah, or Kevin De Bruyne, obviously, but yeah. he's kind of next level. But yeah. in terms of players that I didn't expect, especially at Liverpool, that I did not expect to take that jump. Um, he always had the talent. He always had that ability to to be decent, to be above the average of others. But now he's 
on the same level as the the Salamane Firmino. That that kind of they, they come as a as a trio, you know, and yeah. that says so much about how how much he's improved, how much he's looked into all aspects of his game, but also how well he's done under Jurgen Klopp. You know? And he's a big reason for Salah's goals as well. Yeah, let's not, let's he's, not, he's so selfless and Mane as well. Does, like, Salah, in every interview, has said, "I, it's my goals are down to my teammates. They give me the ball." Yeah. And he has scored some on his own. Fair enough, he scored some worldies, taken on four players sometimes. But some of the times, like a lot of the times, it's because the boys that are with him are unbelievable. Yeah, and you can't underestimate the the interaction and the friendship and the understanding between those three players because actually right now in Europe can you name me a, a trio a, a trio with a better understanding than those three no not since Neymar split up with yeah. Messi and Suarez exactly and and it's kind of it's interesting how Liverpool certainly feel that they have something special in those three and week in week out those three prove why you know and further evidence of that today and um, the biggest thing coming out of this season and coming out of this week was Mo saying I'm staying here this is where I'm going to be this is the first year of a project that I have Jurgen Klopp is my friend Jurgen Klopp is Klopp is, looks after me in the on the field and outside the field he advises me on the pitch and off the pitch and he's my friend and that was a that was a telling thing you know not my boss my friend Someone he respects, someone he, he, he will actually go to for advice, you know? And like, that, that it means a lot to me because the last time we were on anything like this level, a precipice, um, 2005 was the start of a build because it was year one, year zero even. Yeah, it was time to build after that, yeah? So we, we were only as a team going to get better yeah. after 2005 winning it. This team now, last time was Suarez and he left immediately after that really good year. He just where made we were, everyone look good. Yeah. You know? And this season similar, but we can't now lose those players. And him saying that means to everybody who's looking at try, using Liverpool as their next destination or, uh, you know, as their, as their home for, to, to go and win things, knowing that the front three is going to be there next season means we are, uh, oh my God, play with them. so yeah. attractive for, because we want midfielders now and someone to rotate with them three. So someone to come in to play with them. As a, you know, the third person will be attracted, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then the midfield to find them, they'll be like, this is going to be so much fun. Mm. So to have that statement come out now from him before the World Cup, before the Champions League final, brilliant. Because going into 2005, I don't know if you guys remember or not, Gerard, it was, is he staying? Is he going? And he announced when we won it, I'm staying, you know? So you know what? It's just going to be, it looks like we're in the CL again. So important. Qualifying again, like Nina said when she opened, first time under FSG, back to back and years. And Klopp as well. Yeah, yeah and Klopp. Yeah. The, the, the biggest thing is though, we would have had a decent buying summer, I believe, if we'd ever got into the CL twice in a row, mm -hmm. because you are guaranteeing another 50, 60 million the next year. Even if it's just group stage, you're guaranteeing another 30, 40 million. That is your, that is like a, you know, from what we've been doing normally, Nin, that's another, your, your money pot for transfers. So 80 million guaranteed this year. I also think that the, the Klopp statement from Salah is interesting, but it's also, it's also true just on a simple level. He's never played better than this in his life. Mm. And he's done that under this manager. There's no reason for him to go anywhere else because every single player in that squad right now, especially in the starting 11, is enjoying the best football, arguably, of their career. 
from back to front, mm -hmm. right? And if you have that, then why on earth would you look to go anywhere else? You know that you have something special, you've got quality players around you, and you've got the right manager to get the best out of you as a player. Absolutely. There's no reason for you as an individual at Liverpool Football Club right now to want to leave something special. You didn't no, become that amazing, Gob, and that there's reasons behind it. Yeah, and it, it took a long I mean? time, yeah. and that group has worked together mm. to get here. Mm. But by extension, to add on to what Gags was saying, or to just echo what Gags was saying, is everybody outside of that circle now looks at that as a far more attractive proposition because they want to be involved. Mm. Who doesn't want to play for Jurgen Klopp? Who doesn't want to play for a side that's breaking the Champions League every season? Yeah. Who doesn't want to be a side that's challenging for the Champions League? Yeah. People, people are saying to me, John, oh, they've got to win it. And I said, no, they don't. Just being in it for another year is the attraction. Them, we're winning it or not is for the players now. It's for us fans. We want to win it now. It's that guarantee of, but yes, we player, can do this. The player that's coming in, they're not going to be asked whether we're the champions or not because they wouldn't have experienced it. Yeah, what they guarantee do we have? Can we retain They want to experience it next year. Yes. And the likelihood is that with Klopp playing this brand of football we do, that we will always go to the knockout stages of this tournament. Which player would not want to experience that night at Anfield against City or Roma? Which one? Exactly. Right. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Mm. I, I think Jurgen Klopp has just... You know, Liverpool Football Club was an iconic club and I think we... He's brought it back to where it's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, there is just nothing but good vibes. Yeah, and, and we should ground, talk about him. The ground. Because the season's ended in the Premier League. He's done He's he's done what no manager under FSG has done before. He's Full incredible. Stop. And, you know, he's taken, again, a Champions League final. You know, the last one to do that was Rafa Benitez. Surprise, surprise. The only other last one that was actually a world-class manager. Absolutely, to totally mm. true. You know, it's no coincidence. I, I have a lot of time for Jurgen Klopp, as you know, and mm -hmm. I think he's an excellent, excellent manager. I think the biggest improvement that he's made this year at Liverpool is that his in-game management is better. Mm -hmm. He knows how to handle games. Um, in the past, there were times where he didn't necessarily have a grip on them in the past. Um, but he's just improved as a manager. He's improved the squad. And I think that's always the thing, you know, I talked about it on a previous pod with you, Nina, that he takes time to build the players to get the squad together that he wants. But when he gets there and he gets that team together, he knows what to say, when to say it and how to get them to play the football that he wants. And they are then devastating. And you're seeing that now. And I think that's the exciting thing for Liverpool fans right now. I'm sure you both feel the same. Absolutely is so excited. This year, next year and the year after that are going to be the peak years under him. Mm. And that's going to be the most potentially successful but also enjoyable years to watch football. Mm. After that, it gets tricky because after a certain amount of time, it's always difficult for a manager to keep his message going beyond five years. Right? Mm. Yeah. So you're looking at the, the peak years now in the, in the couple of years ahead. The only concern, and I think from the perspective we were just talking about in terms of recruitment, they don't need to win this final. Mm. But for Jurgen Klopp, he needs he oh, he absolutely oh, yeah, needs yeah, yeah, yeah. to win this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, for, as a, no, as a fan base, as a we fan base, need to win it. For him, for him, more than any other aspect of this club, for him personally, as a head coach, he's lost his last five finals. Yeah, he has to show, I think, that when it gets to the big one, that he can get it over the final hurdle because yeah. everything else about him as a coach, development connection to communities, understanding players, motivation, tactics has not only just been excellent, but it's also improved. Yeah. He now needs to show that tiny last bit, the, the tangible success. Because for you guys, as Liverpool fans, you can see that every week, what he does to this club. You can see it in the fans, you can see it in the players, you can see it in players like Andrew Robertson, suddenly amazing. Yeah. Right? You can see it. And that is so important. But for everyone else, 
what's Jurgen Klopp other than just another football manager? Mm. And unless he starts winning things, tangible things, aka mm. trophies, he will just be another football manager that connected with this community and and made players, players better. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, as much as I think that's a wonderful thing, because I don't think there are that many football managers to do that, it's not always enough. Yeah, I agree. No, it's not. So for him, it's a huge final. Oh, it's it's huge. Like I said, we, I, man, it's too important to get there. We've got to win this one. We've got to. It's it's been too long without a trophy. It's important for Klopp, like he said, but it's important for the club more than anything to win it now. He goes into history. His pressure's off him from now on. If he wins this one, the pressure is so off Jurgen Klopp. He can then go and really go at it with full confidence, with a mind that he's won the biggest trophy in club football. And knowing that, oh my God, it could spur him on into greater heights with Liverpool Football Club. But the players, I've said this on the pro side, Nin, uh, AI Pro, that this was the most inexperienced English team out of the four, or is it five? Five. Was it? Five, five teams that went. This was the in, most inexperienced team in, in, in the Champions League. They'd not played in it before, apart from Ox, Milner, maybe. Yeah. And maybe Dejan for Leon. I don't know, a few others. But now... And Emre Can may have doubled for Leon. Yeah, but now well. they're the most experienced English team or the set of players in the Premier League because they're going to be playing in a final. Yeah, none of them have ever reached those So heights. it's yeah. massive for all of them and winning it will mean an extra level of swagger, confidence, not losing those extra goals at, in the last 10 minutes of the game because you know your winners... You have that belief that you're winners and that is the most important thing about this final. Winning it will do so much for this club as a whole. I also don't think that they, that Jurgen Klopp may not get a better opportunity. To win. So many to things, me, so many yeah. things have come together. You know, the fact that you played Roma and not Barca because Roma won, mm. that you held on in that game, they had that devastating 30 minutes against Man City, blew them out of the water, that you came through the group phase, even though to begin with you had that draw against Spartak and everyone was like, uh, are Liverpool good? Are they not good? Who are they? What are we doing? Um, everything's sort of come together. And you've had Mo Salah playing a season that is comparable to Lionel Messi, right? Yeah. So you, you, everything has come together for the Liverpool. And it's, yeah, but the stars have aligned for Jurgen Klopp a lot on a run. Dortmund on that Champions League final run. Listen, I'm the Malaga goal. Uh, the so Ma- it's going to fucking happen. This the time. Malaga game where they scored that goal that I was know, offside. Know, Lewandowski, insane. four goals against Real Madrid. Yeah. They got all the way to the final and everybody thought the stars have aligned. They're going to beat Bayern Munich. Did they? No. So actually, it's a warning. Everything is going Liverpool's way, but you've still got to go and win it. Got to win it. Yep. It's a hard job because this is the the back the first ever back to back winners in this modern era. But then of the something Champions horrible happened before that game as well. You know the Mario Gotts stuff and all that as well. Yeah, that was you, disruptive, yeah. and his injury was a problem, and the transfer news yeah. was really disruptive. Absolutely, and you haven't got that this time. Exactly, no. but that, that's you know I, I would hesitate to say that that's the reason that Borussia Dortmund lost the final. No, 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 no. But, well, you know it was heartbreaking, by the way. But the point is, Liverpool have this opportunity next season Man City are going to be better in the Champions League Man United will have better players yeah. Arsenal will have a new manager Chelsea will likely oh, have a new manager right everything will be different mm. teams will be more motivated players will have moved transfers will have changed everything will be different we'll be better too yeah you will but it you know you things might not go your way in the draw yeah, yeah, whatever it is so this is a real opportunity to get to the Ma- stage of massive. the opportunity in the Champions League it's to huge. play Real Madrid in the yeah. final it's, it's huge yeah you you don't need to preach to me. No. I'm not, I can't echo anything no, no, further no. than what no. you two have we said here. Win. 
I'm really, really hot and bothered, so I'm going to stop this pod right now. Um, thank you so much uh, for listening. Thank you so much to John and Gads. Before I let them go, man of the match. Um, Hit me with some names. We didn't talk, even talk about Robbo. Robbo's goal was good, and he played well, and he's had a great season. Just wanted to mention he's him. He's looking awesome, because, yeah. Because, yeah, he deserved it. Uh, man of the match. Jesus Christ, it's a tough one. Everybody played well. You know what? I'm going to go the easy way out and just give it to Mo, because... Uh, he scored, he broke the record, 32 yeah. goals in the season. No one's ever done that before in a Premier League season in a 38-game one. So for me, and the, the presentation post-match was superb with his daughter kicking the ball and, and the yeah. crowd reacting to his daughter was one of the one of the most beautiful moments you see in a, on a fo- in a football stadium. And then we tried um, sort of taking the ball off and he just, he just got booed. Yeah, he got <laughs> booed and it, the first time ever Liverpool fans booed him because he, he took the ball off her and like did some skills where she couldn't get it and then we went boo. I just thought... Okay, so lovely. Mo Salah. For me, Mo Salah. Yeah. And, it, and it, in fact, I'd give it to his daughter because she can dribble or she can kick a ball well. She can yeah, she can. Absolutely. John, what about yourself? Mo Salah as well. I haven't ever seen him play in the flesh and it is quite something to behold. So, he was fantastic. Good. Good stuff, Mo Salah. Okay. Okay, that is the end of this Nina Kauza show for the season. Thank you so much for listening, for sticking with me. I really appreciate you guys listening. A massive thank you to all the callers who've always contributed to this show, the guests as well. I've had so many. Um, really humbled by um, the amount of the amount of people that sort of volunteer and contribute to this show. Thank you for listening and till Kiev up the fucking beds. Podcast Network.